of facts to fight off the liberal gaslighting. You can be in the middle of a hurricane. You have sanctuary in the city of Chicago. Or you can be on a calm day. North is still north. You could be in a thunderstorm. I am angry. We are not going back. Not ever. North is still north. People can yell at you. The hell with the Supreme Court. We will defy them. North is still north. It doesn't change fundamental things. And in this business, right is still right, even if you stand by yourself. We don't get fooled again. No, no. Live across the fruited plain and from sea to shining sea, we are converting the Marxist left one hour at a time on the Wendy Bell radio program. Hello, America, and beyond the fruited plain. It is a d- total joy and delight to be with you on this Thursday. Welcome home to the Wendy Bell Radio Program. We have so much to discuss today. This House uh, Judiciary hearing yesterday with Merrick Garland looking so weak, so feeble, so everything that is Joe Biden in this administration, right? Name me one man. In this administration, name me one honest to goodness man. It ain't Joe Biden. I could break him in half. It's not Alessandro, Alejandro, whatever his name is, Mayorkas. It ain't Pete Buttigieg, and it sure as hell ain't Merrick Garland. I can just tell you right now, we've got wuss factor of about 150, right? You're forgetting Rachel, Richard Levine. Well, then there's Richard, Rachel Levine. Right. Do we have a singular man in this alleged administration who's an actual fighter, warrior, truth teller, American lover, who is a man? I'm old school, ladies and gentlemen. I love me a good man. Strong, powerful, forceful, tender and kind with a mean hug that can crack my back. I love me some men. <laughs> and I was, I was sitting there looking at Merrick Garland yesterday. I'm like, oh my gosh, you are the most feeble, weak liar I've heard yet today. <laughs> so we're going to get you all of that, ladies and gentlemen, and so much more. Russell Brand, yes, we're going to talk about him. We're going to talk about Ken Paxton. We're going to talk about Donald Trump, all sorts of great stuff. Going on in today's show after the most important part. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands. One nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Amen. You know, it's interesting to see this paradox, if you will. You've got the media who are desperate to tell you what's going on in the world. You have an ever-awakening human population, not just here in America, but all across the planet, that sees through the garbage, that understands the propaganda, that has seen the light, that is having a, a tremendous awakening, more than any renaissance one could ever imagine in art or literature. This great awakening. And they're turning off the media. In droves. And I think it's hilarious that the media 
needs Donald Trump to survive. They must have Trump. They have no other they have no other recourse. There is nothing that's going to save their bottom line. Did you guys see CNN? Worst weekend ratings, Jake Tapper, I think. I I, I peripherally skinned it literally. I don't even want to click on these stories because I don't want to get them credit for the hackery that they are, right? They have no other recourse than to cover the man they hate the most in the world. He is their sugar daddy. He is their bread and butter. He is their sustenance, their lifeblood. He is the breath in their lungs. And I think it's freaking awesome. Listen to this. This is Donald Trump walking into a bar in Iowa. It's like 16, 17 seconds long. I want you to hear a bar as he starts handing out pizza. This is a new Donald Trump campaign. This is not come to me, my friends, in a big auditorium or a a basketball arena or something like that. He's going to the small places. He's going to the intimate environments. He's reaching out to the union people. He's going where the college students are. He's speaking to people on every level in intimate, one-on-one, you-can-touch-me levels. And it sounds like this. Oh my, do not tell me this is not a movement. Do not tell me this is not a great taking back of sanity. Stop trying to lie to us about viruses and vaccines and stupid safety measures that do anything but keep us safe and make you rich. Stop telling us that it's only temporary, that the price of things, well, it's really not that bad and that you're working hard on our behalf. Everybody knows the truth. You think we don't know the truth. Everybody knows the truth. And it is delicious. And I love it. Okay, juxtapose that. Trump rock star 2.0 campaign status, right? This is a whole new kind of Trump. And I like it. Juxtapose that energy, that fire. That I'm here because I understand And I'm with you and I support you and I love America. See, the reason why the reason why people love Donald Trump is because no one in this government loves them. Donald Trump, a billionaire. Grassroots made it to East Palestine well before anybody in the Biden administration did. Donald Trump weighs in about the horrors of of Maui well before this administration did. All of it. And it resonates. Here's Merrick Garland on the hot seat House Judiciary Committee hearing yesterday. It was five and a half hours long. We cherry picked some of the highlights that we think you need to hear, right? And we're going to play those for you in the next half hour or so. So do not miss a minute of today's show. It's going to be great. But we picked specifically this teaser beezer audio soundbite. This is Jeff Van Drew. If I'm not mistaken, I believe he's from New Jersey. Um, I might be wrong. New Jersey, former Uh, Democrat. Okay, there you go. Jeff Van Drew, a 70-year-old congressman who is hot. He's hot. He's on the ball. He understands exactly what's going on here. And he's asking Merrick Garland specifically 
about Catholics. Are we actual terrorists, ladies and gentlemen? I'm a Catholic. I believe in God. I raise my sons Catholic. They go to Catholic schools, Jesuit schools. I believe in that. Does that make us all domestic terrorists? Listen to the question. Listen to the answer. And this is just a little appetizer of what it was like for five and a half hours for Merrick Garland yesterday. Go. Do you agree that traditional Catholics are violent extremists? Yes or no? Let me answer what you've said in that long list of... of, I'm at, of I'll be happy the, to answer all of those. Attorney uh, General, just, I control the time. I'm going to ask you to answer well, the you, questions you, I asked. You ask. control time by asking me a substantial number of things. And I, let me I didn't give, ask you those things. I, I made a statement. The, Attorney will, General, through the chair, I ask you, do you agree that traditional Catholics are violent extremists? Okay. Answer I have no question. idea what your what the traditional uh, means here. The Catholics, idea, let Catholics me just that go I to church. Your, may I answer your question? Yes, the idea no. that someone with my family background would discriminate against any religion is so outrageous, Mr. so absurd. Mr. Attorney General, it was your FBI your that did this. It was your FBI that was sending, and we have the memos, we have the emails, we're sending undercover agents into Catholic churches. Both I and the director this of the FBI the, have said director that we were appalled have said that we were appalled by that memo. So then you agree the that FBI, they're not extremists? We were appalled by that memo. Are they extremists or not, Attorney General? I think that... Are they extremists or not, Attorney everything General? Everything in that memo is Are appalling. they extremists or not? I'm asking a simple question. Say no. Isn't that amazing? Now, look, we can get bogged down in the the language that that each side is using, but you got to see the playbook, right? If you can see the playbook, what they say fits in very neatly to an understanding of the game here, right? Here's the story. One, refusal to define something, to be nailed down to something. That's going to be the prevailing theme in the entirety of these five and a half hours. I do not know. I am not interjecting myself in that out of the, the, the abundance of caution here that I don't look like I'm interfering. Sir, you are the top law enforcement official in these United States of America. If you don't know what the hell is going on with your FBI, if you have no idea what's going on at the Department of Justice, if you cannot without hesitation say, Church-going Catholics who believe in God are not terrorists. If you cannot say that, sir, you've told us everything that we need to hear. And that is what you're going to hear again and again. One, I do not know the facts of this case. Therefore, I cannot be expected to answer. The no answer answer is not an answer. It's not a defense either. And number two, claiming that this is all being handled by somebody appointed by Donald Trump. We all know why you do that. We know the game. And you lose at that game, Mr. Attorney General. You're going to hear a weakling. You're going to hear the voice of a lousy liar. You're going to hear the tremble of a corrupt politician who long ago sold out, long ago sold out to this darkness of this machine of corruption and filth. And you're going to hear him twist next when Wyoming Congresswoman Harriet Hageman 
just drops the truth. Rejoice, ladies and gentlemen. Today is a wonderful day to be in these United States. More of the Wendy Bell Radio Program right after this. You know, you might think that an attorney general who has presided over the embarrassing debacle of this Hunter Biden investigation that's been limping on for five years. How is this any different than the Durham report, right? How is this any different than the Mueller report? What, what, are, the, what are the main ingredients of a government of suck? Spending gobs of money on never moving the ball up the field, but insulating yourself from questions by saying that's part of an ongoing investigation. I can't talk about that. That would that would compromise the integrity. of. Yeah, you're going to have to talk to somebody. That's not my wheel. You know all of the answers, right? And then after finally stonewalling and slow walking to certain statutes, uh, certain things, parameters expiring, just kind of throwing in the towel and saying, yeah, you know, we really didn't find much. Next. I'm sorry. Meanwhile, Donald Trump, what is he? He's a rapist. He's a homophobe. He's a nationalist. He's an extremist. He's an insurrection starter. All of these things. His quid pro quo with Zelensky. Impeach. Impeach. Indict. Speedy, speedy, these things are, right? But when it goes the other direction, well, that's going to take five years or more before we put the, the lost ark on the dolly and push it back into the very background of the warehouse to be forgotten about forever. Harriet Hageman, yesterday, love her. What a great improvement for Wyoming. That's what happens when you carve out a rhino in Liz Cheney and you put in a true conservative, somebody who actually is who they say they are, who's a critical thinker, who is a truth teller, who can read between the lines and expose BS as it is in front of her. This is the congresswoman from Wyoming. She's got Merrick Garland on the hot seat. She's got her five minutes. And she says, basically, you know, look, this is an administration whose president barks at all of us to pay our fair share. Well, if we look at the math here and we look at what Hunter Biden did not pay and who ended up finally paying for him, some rich dude who ended up buying all of his artwork, too. Isn't that odd? What does Hunter Biden truly owe the American people in terms of paying his fair share, Mr. Attorney General? That is the line of questioning, but it gets very interesting in a hurry. Here is the congresswoman from Wyoming. Go. How much in terms of taxes would Hunter Biden have owed on the $1 million he was paid by Burisma? Well, as you can imagine, since I don't know anything about the facts of the case, I can't answer Probably that question. Probably about $400,000. Isn't that right? I mean, you can do the math. You know the tax code. I don't know anything about the facts of this case, okay. so I'm not able to do the math to apply it to and facts. And by failing to know. pay the taxes on those ill-gotten gains, what would the typical penalty have been, for example, if it was someone who didn't have the last name of Biden, 
or a D behind their name? I'm sorry, these are all questions you'll have to direct to Mr. Weiss, and Mr. Weiss will address in, in his final. Um, By allowing the statute of limitations to lapse, did Mr. Weiss effectively gift the tax money Hunter Biden owed for the 2014 and 2015 tax years to Mr. Biden? To say again, the decisions about uh, whether um, uh, in this area and whether these allegations are correct are ones. Uh, that Mr. Weiss uh, will be able to answer. Mr. Garland, one of the things you have done over and, uh, and repeated over and over and over again is that to point out that Mr. Weiss was appointed as U.S. Attorney by President Trump, yes. as though that somehow inoculates him from criticism by us. Is that really how this game is played? That if someone is appointed by a Republican, then they're supposed to be on the Republican team? Or the, if they're appointed by a Democrat, they're on the Democrat team? You were appointed by Mr. Biden, weren't you? Are you on the Democrat Let team? Let me just be clear. The, the point of, that, he's a, that he was appointed by a Republican counteracts the claim that he, this was a partisan decision Ooh. to benefit Democrats. He, he, That's it. That's it. What he just said. The fact that David Weiss was appointed by a Republican counteracts the claim of partisan decision making to benefit Democrats. It's as though they didn't think we knew that. Right? Oh, wait, Donald Trump appointed him. Therefore, even though he was the only U.S. attorney who was left in place when Joe Biden came into office, it's almost like the Democrats knew Delaware was going to be a hot spot. It's almost as though Joe Biden and everybody knew because they did. Because the laptop was out there and they knew everybody was going to be able to access it. We got to be able to say, I don't know any of the facts of that case. You're the attorney general. This is the biggest story, the biggest real story of the day. The, the federal indictment of a sitting president's son. A, a sitting president who this is really all about. This isn't about Hunter Biden. And everybody knows it's not about Hunter Biden. And they needed David Weiss in position as the U.S. attorney in Delaware to then be named the special prosecutor in this, even though he oversaw five years of zero. So they could cling on to that. He's a Republican. You can't blame us. It's not biased. So you see the playbook. Yes, ladies and gentlemen. One. I know nothing. I cannot recall. I have no memory of that. In fact, you're going to hear Merrick Garland in about seven minutes say he doesn't remember what he's supposed to say to answer one of the congressman's questions. It's almost though it's all been scripted, premeditated, calculated, planned because it has been. And it is a beautiful thing when you get to peel back the layers of suck and call it for what it is. Buckle up, ladies and gentlemen. We're just getting started. More Merrick Garland withering on the hot seat next on the Wendy Bell Radio Network.
Welcome back, everybody. You are tuned in to the Wendy Bell Radio Program. Before we get into some of this testimony yesterday, does anybody out there really believe these people take their oath seriously? Whether it's their oath to serve the office and to serve the American people with dignity and honor, uh, to do it to the best of their ability, to, to stand up to the principles that make America what it is. Right. Whether it be at that oath or even here when they're supposed to testify before the House or Senate or what have you, I have absolutely no faith. Like, I actually believe that if I put my hand on the Bible. And and I raise my other hand in front of in front of my peers, in front of my country. And I swear to you. That I'm going to tell you the truth that that's not negotiable. It's not an option. It's called honor. It's called dignity. It's called being a good, honest person. Look, I think all of us in many times, many ways, are disappointed by people in our life who we hope, as our circles intersect in some capacity and our planets align or or cross into each other's orbit for however long, We believe those people operate the way we do. That because I don't lie, because I'm not going to cheat you, because I'm not going to steal from you, I won't deceive you, I won't cut corners, I won't mail it in. And, And quite frankly, selfishly, I'll tell you why I live that way. It's because I have five sons. And if I can't raise five of the most magnificent men this country has ever seen who are loyal and honorable fathers and husbands, then my job on this earth has been a failure. And every single day, with every decision that I make, and some are better than others, I care about that. And I sometimes get lost in a snarl of somebody who doesn't feel the same way, who doesn't live the the same way, and they disappoint me. And I've been disappointed by so many people. And sometimes I look in the mirror and I say, stop it. Stop believing people. Stop giving them the benefit of the doubt. Stop offering olive branches and second chances. Stop accepting wounded birds into your orbit and believing that you can make them better. Stop. But I can't. And I won't. Because I refuse to go on in my life believing that everybody I talk to is going to disappoint me. Because every now and again, there's going to be somebody who doesn't. It's a choice. Look, we got a lot of issues in this country, my friends, and we're just beginning to see some of them. And that is a very difficult thing. It is scary. It is unnerving. It makes me angry. My hands shake. Sometimes I go home and my jaw aches because I've been clenching it in frustration for so long. But what's the alternative? Being woefully blind? Bobbing along on a sea of suck, not knowing what danger lurks below you, not realizing that you're just merely a pawn in this disgusting game that to us is for keeps because it's about America. 
And for them, it's about destruction because for them, it's about power. I might be one of those fantasy dreamers who believes in the, the beautiful ending, who believes in the hero on the horseback coming to save us, who believes in true love, who believes in honesty and goodness. I will not change that because these people have jaded our vision because we are awake. Don't change who you are. You are necessary. You're creating another generation of strength and honor and dignity and commitment. And we are needed now more than ever, but you must know who the enemies are and it's not democrats it's the people on our side parading around as though they have our back when they don't and that's becoming more and more clear and for that we must step back and rejoice because you know you see you feel and we're getting smarter merrick garland one more of a revolving door of bad people, bad, weak, corrupt liars, specifically chosen by this administration because of that. Kamala Harris, not a good person. Alejandro Mayorkas, not a good person. Tony Blinken, not a good person. They don't care. They don't. And you're going to hear that in beautiful fashion now. This is what a weak, fumbling, pathetic liar sounds like in Merrick Garland. Mike Johnson, the congressman from Louisiana, very basic question, 40 seconds long. Did you ever speak with the FBI about Hunter Biden? How many times? Did you talk to the DOJ? What's your involvement? You're the head of the Department of Justice. One would imagine that this is a pretty big story the president's son, drug addict, felon, right? International prostitution, flying in, bringing in human beings to have sex with, right? How many ways can he break the law? Cocaine in the White House mystery? No, it's not. We all know that. So tell us, Mr. Attorney General, have you spoken with the FBI about Hunter Biden? Because that's a, that's a pretty big story right now. Let's go. Have you had personal contact with anyone at FBI headquarters about the Hunter Biden investigation? Uh, don't re- I, don't, I don't recollect the answer to that question, but the FBI works for the Justice Department. It's, uh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You don't, recollect, you don't recollect whether you've talked with anybody at FBI headquarters about an investigation of the president's son? I, I don't believe that I did. I promised the Senate when I came um, before it for confirmation that I would leave Mr. Weiss in place and that I would not interfere with his investigation. Okay, did you ever? I have kept that promise. All right. 
I don't remember what I'm supposed to say. I don't recollect what my answer is. Because we've gone over this, Congressman. I've been coached, right? The same way Corrine Jean-Pierre has that binder full of tabs and she knows how to flip to it when the people in the audience ask her questions. She knows how to respond. I've been coached. I just can't rem- I don't remember what I'm supposed to say. Now, if you've never talked to anybody, you would say no. No, it's, I haven't. You don't stammer and yammer. It takes him seven, seven seconds as he's looking around searching somewhere for the answer. What do I say? What do I say? Well, if you tell the truth, it's an instant answer. Yeah, I have. I'm the head of the DOJ. I should probably know what the hell's going on with this case, don't you think? That's a logical answer. I'd be like, yeah, I mean, make, makes sense to me. Or no. No, I took a vow and I said I wasn't going to get involved and I haven't got involved. You don't search when you tell the truth. Thomas Massey, he's going to jump on here. Now, look at this. So interesting. Can you tell us, Mr. Attorney General, about this kind of weaponization, the politicization of the DOJ, going after people like Elon Musk, but letting people like Mark Zuckerberg, who flooded, you know, predominantly Democrat urban districts with $400 million worth of voting machines or or drop boxes. Don't you honestly say, can't you honestly say, sir, that there is a two-tier system of justice? Because it seems like you guys are acting like the DNC's mafia. Go. Elon Musk was a Democrat who admittedly supported Biden, but then he became a critic of the administration and exposed the censorship regime. Now, per public reports, the DOJ has opened not one but two investigations of Elon Musk. Mark Zuckerberg, on the other hand, spent $400 million in 2020 tilting the elections secretly for Democrats. No investigations whatsoever. To the American public, these look like mafia tactics. You pay your money, we look the other way. You get in our way, we punish you. The American public sees what these tactics are. Amen, we do. And by the way, is there ever a, a, a more apropos example of this than Hunter's ridiculous artwork? You guys remember, of course, Hunter Biden, who just happened to stumble upon as, he, as he's found his sobriety. Oh, I found the truth. I found I've got this hidden ability to, to make artwork. He sold $1.3 million of it, ladies and gentlemen. $1.3 million. Isn't that a tremendous bonanza? Don't you think we ought to know who's buying said artwork and what they're expecting to get from it? Because it sure as hell isn't quality, right? It sure as heck isn't that, Matt Gates skewers this. Go. So Hunter Biden is selling art to pay for his $15,000 a month rent in Malibu. How can you guarantee that the people buying that art aren't doing so to gain favor with the president? The job of the Justice Department is to investigate criminal allegations. You have information. Are you investigating this? I mean, someone who bought Hunter Biden's art ended up with a prestigious appointment to a federal position. Doesn't it look weird that he's making, he's become this immediate success in the art world as his dad is president of the United States? Isn't that odd? I'm not going to comment about any specific... Not going to comment, not going to investigate. So Hunter Biden associate Devin Archer told us that Hunter sold the appearance of access to then-Vice President Biden. 
Are you confident he has stopped doing that? I'm sorry, I didn't understand the question. Hunter Biden associate Devin Archer told us that Hunter sold the appearance of access to then Vice President Biden. Are you confident he has stopped? I'm going to say again that all these matters are within the purview of Mr. Weiss. I have not interfered with them, and yeah, I do but if not. If you were confident that he had stopped, you could. And I do not intend to interfere with him. He knows nothing, of course. I can't tell you. That's not within my purview. Somebody else has to answer that. I said I wouldn't get involved. I never had conversations with them. I didn't do this, right? Well, then tell us why Elizabeth Neftali, a Los Angeles real estate investor and philanthropist who bought one of Hunter's works, managed to be appointed by Joe Biden to the Commission for the Preservation of America's Heritage Abroad. It's a pretty nice gig, pretty nice sort of ambassador-ish kind of feel, isn't it? I'm going to buy your son's work because the gravy train's going to keep going, my man. And you're going to appoint me. I know nothing, says the Attorney General of the United States. Are Catholics domestic terrorists? Uh, I don't. uh, Are you getting the drift now? Wait until Victoria Sparts lights him up. She knows communism. Next on the Wendy Bell Radio Program. Victoria Sparks from Indiana. She's had enough of Merrick Garland's, all of it. His circuitous and vacuous excuse making. She says, look, uh, this sounds so much like the KGB. She's like, I come from Europe. I come from Russia, Ukraine. I understand what this is. I know what this is. I see it for what it is. And do you realize, Mr. Attorney General, that you have an American population that's in fear of its government? They're afraid of what you do because of you sending FBI agents to the homes of parents and to the homes of Catholics. How dare you? She lights him up and you deserve every second of this. And this is a big problem when people are afraid of their own government. And I'll share some other things. We're talking about justice system. I don't question, you're probably not a bad person. I don't know you, but what I'll tell you, you're in charge of the department. And people right now feel you know, I look at Durham report and I call on the FISA violations of queries of millions of Americans, right? It's like KGB, but when I read Durham reports, we have this, you have a nice, you know, playbook. First, let's have a special counsel, and then you don't have to answer any questions here. Then, let's extend slow work investigation on Hillary Clinton, on Hunter, Everything is slow walk. We were very quick on Donald Trump, but you were very slow walk. Then, by the time, you know, that investigation and its statute of limitation expired, and all of your agents need to be tested for amnesia. No one recalls anything. Okay, you probably should have as part of your hiring policy. So no one held accountable, which was egregious what happened, you know, in that report. When I read with them, I can't believe it happened in the United States of America. This is the United States. Look what you communists have done to our freaking country. She's furious. I left that to come here. 
I left that, and you're doing it. How dare you, Thomas Massey, though? I love this. How many undercover agents with the FBI or the DOJ or any of you alphabet nonsense agencies were in the Capitol or around the premises on January 6th, sir? It's a very simple question. You're the friggin' attorney general. Answer, go. You're signing the Constitution. I'm going to cite it. It's our constitutional duty to do oversight. Now, in that video, that was your answer to a question to me two years ago when I said how many agents or assets of the government were present on January 5th and January 6th and agitating in the crowd to go into the Capitol and how many went into the Capitol. Can you answer that now? I don't know the answer to that question. Oh, last time, you don't know how many there were or there were none? I don't know the answer to either of those questions. If there were any, I don't know how many. You've I don't know whether there are any. I think you may have just perjured yourself that you don't know that there were any. You want to say that again, that you don't know that there were any? I have any? no personal knowledge of this matter. I think what I said the you've, last time. You've had two just, years to man, find out. And man. the day, by the way, that was in reference to Ray Epps. And yesterday you indicted him. <laughs> Isn't that a wonderful coincidence on a misdemeanor? Meanwhile, you're sending grandmas to prison. You're putting people away for 20 years for merely filming. Some people weren't even there, yet you've got the guy on video who's saying go into the Capitol. He's directing people to the Capitol before the speech ends. He's at the site of the first breach. You've got all the goods on him, 10 videos, and it's an, and it's an indictment for a misdemeanor? The American public isn't buying it. I yield the balance of my time to Chairman Jordan. May I answer the question? I'm going to ask you one now. Uh, yeah, let's... We'll let the gentleman. Yeah. Um, that, I, I, go ahead. But the, uh, in discovery, in the cases um, that were filed with respect to January uh, 6, um, the Justice Department prosecutors provided whatever information they had about uh, the question that you're asking. Uh, with respect to Mr. Epps, the FBI has said that he was not an employee or informant of, of the uh, FBI. Uh, Mr. Um, Epps has been charged, um, and there's a proceeding, I believe, going on today on that subject. The charge is a joke. I yield to the chairman. Boom! Boom! Oh, my goodness! You know what? This is on the one side. You just want to take Garland, and you want to choke him, right? Shake him. Eh. But on the other hand, you're like, oh, go. Go, Mr. Massey, go! Miss Sparts, go, all of you! Because we see what is going on. Here we have a fumbling, bumbling, vacuous, vacant, horrendous liar. This is what you get in an administration of suck. When people aren't picked because they're really good at their job. Like if you're going to be the, the secretary of transportation, ought you not know one of anything about planes, trains and automobiles, right? If you're going to be the secretary of energy, shouldn't you be all about energy independence and about making things easier for the American people, bringing down prices, making this a joyous energy independent and exporting country? Of course, these people are sp specifically handpicked because they suck because they will roll over and do this nonsense under oath i know nothing 
I spoke to nobody. I can't answer that. You'll have to talk to someone else. And everybody sees it for exactly what it is. I haven't even gotten into the meat and potatoes of Jeff Andrew because he is going to light up Merrick Garland in a way that is going to resonate with you no matter how feisty you are like I am or how calm and mild-mannered. Because it all revolves around one simple thing. I never in my life believed you could be so corrupt in America. Buckle up, friends. Hour number two of the Wendy Bell Radio Program, next.